Okay, so we got a little technical difficulty happening. <laughs> I see. Okay, so we got there we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. We deal with technical glitches all the time in this wonderful digital universe, and we just roll right along with it. So, uh, hello, hello, welcome to the It Cast. I am your host, Nika Sherell, and this is the It Cast Real Talk on Sex. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Nikita Sex Toy, which is the only sex toy designed for adventure, play, and social change. You can learn more about the Nikita Sex Toy at TriggerHappyToy.com, and you can also support the ITCast on our GoFundMe page and lo learn more about our work at NikaSharels.com, N-I-K-A-C-H-E-R-R-E-L-L-E-S.com. This week's topic, we are focusing on shifting beauty standards. Sex and beauty have a lot in common. Body image and self-esteem all play into how we relate to ourselves sexually. And in the booth uh, today, we have our community correspondent, Kim. Hello, Kim. Hey. And we are joined by our conscious beauty expert, Marlou Soria. Marlou, welcome to the booth. Go. Hi, Nika. Hi. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being with us. Of course. So before we dive in, would you uh, please share a bit about yourself with the listening audience so they can get to know who you are? Feel free to talk to us about your, uh, you know, however you choose to identify as you move through this world. Sure. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. My name is Marlou Soria. And I am a conscious beauty expert. I am also a licensed esthetician and a professional makeup artist in the fashion, beauty, and entertainment industries. And, uh, you know, really since everything happened with the pandemic, I've really shifted to fo primarily focusing on clean and conscious beauty and what that means for our health, as well as really focusing on empowering beauty from the inside out and shifting the beauty standards. And I look forward to sharing more about that with everyone today. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, please do tell us a bit about how you got into the beauty industry. What got you passionate about that? Thanks. Um, uh, you know, I've always loved playing with hair and makeup. Even before I became a makeup artist, I would, you know, do makeup on friends for their weddings and for special occasions. And just, it really was just fun for me. I was a marketing director with a home health care industry, our family business. And I had been doing that for about 13 years and I loved what I did, what I did there. I still love, you know, that the family business. And, uh, but when in 2006, 2007, something like that, 
my god sister Jackie. She was eight years younger than me. We grew up together like sisters. Um, when she was 26, she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And, uh, you know, as she was dealing with cancer, she was always vibrant and energetic and just felt really good, loved being with people. Her personality was still great. And then it metastasized to her brain. And when that happened, she had to go undergo um, radiation therapy daily. And when that happened, her she got a lot of hyperpigmentation in her face, the vellus hair on her face, it became very dark and coarse and thick. And when that happened, she felt like she was sicker and she didn't really wanna see people as much. She wasn't at, as outgoing as she was. And then one day her um, nail lady said, let me just try and wax a little bit of your face. And when she did that, she waxed off all the darkness, all the coarse hair, and it was like fresh new skin. I mean, and she was fine. It didn't affect her skin at all. And almost immediately, Jackie felt better. She wanted to be out with people. She, you know, and she was really sick at this point with metastasis to her brain. And, um, and but it made that kind of difference. And in that moment, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to empower beauty, especially with women with cancer. And so I had a conversation with my mom and I said, mom, this is what I want to do. I left the family business. I went on unemployment. I went back to school, got licensed as an esthetician, which is where I learned about being a makeup artist, that you could actually do it as a profession. I mean, I knew you could, I just didn't know that I could, you know, I didn't know that I could be a professional makeup artist. And so I trained there at the same time. And here I am 10 years later, loving what I do. Um, Pre-COVID, I actually traveled around to different hospitals and I taught women with can undergoing active cancer treatment how to take care of their skin and do their makeup on an ever-changing canvas. And it's been the fulfillment of my life wow. Wow. to be able to do that. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much. I, uh, I really wow. get, I really get that the whole conversation around like our exterior affects our interior and how yeah. we perceive it, um, how the world perceives it, how the world perceives us. And as your cousin was ailing and getting sicker, it's like there, there was only so much that she could hold on to, to feel good about herself. And I'm really hearing that there was a gift given back to her. Yeah. Just like being able to own her beauty. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to, that's the kind of difference I wanna make. So I promised Jackie that I would spend the rest of my life making that kind of one difference with women with cancer. And I get to do that even now, even in pre-COVID, even when we're at distance, you know, working on how to contribute to women with cancer. And, you know, cause one of the things I really saw was that as women, our sense of self worth, our sense of our self-confidence, all of that is directly related to how we're perceived and judged physically out in the world. We wouldn't have the conversations of I'm not beautiful or I don't feel pretty or I'm to this or I'm to that if there wasn't someone out there judging us and telling us that that's, that's what we are. So I'm out to shift that. I'm out to shift that you know the conversation of beauty is a physical judgment and it really is. Let's get rid of that and let's have it be from the inside. Let's have it be, you know, I'm the only one who gets to say that I'm beautiful or not. I'm the only one, no one else can tell me that. Love that. I want every single person to do it. I want to raise our young women 
our young girls like that, or young children, everyone, young boys, every, everyone. I want everyone to know I'm the only one who can say that about myself. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, you know, you spoke about being a pro makeup artist, like actually being in the industry. And yeah. I, um, I would love to, to talk a bit about like how, how society, how the media impacts and shapes our image and view of ourselves. Um, I know it deeply affects self-esteem. I had issues with it growing up and I love what you shared about like, I'm, I'm the only one who gets to determine and dictate whether or not I'm beautiful. Has nothing to do with anyone else's judgments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'll have to look up the study and I, I'll share it later. But one of the things is that I, I read this study on how teenagers spend about an average of nine hours a day scrolling through media looking whether it's on TV, social media, magazines, whatever it happens to be, and uh, nine hours a day, and whether it's conscious, I mean, really, it's all unconscious, doing, spending that much time on the media, we're unconsciously really setting unattainable standards of beauty. Everything that we see in the media, especially those like, you know, we see with the celebrities, we see, you know, all the ads on TV, it takes a team of people to make that happen. It takes hair, makeup, lighting, the right photography or cinematography. It takes editing, you know, clothing, all of it, the right, everything is all manufactured. And I know this because I'm one of them. I'm one of those artists who makes that perfect image that you see on media happen. And, uh, you know, and I think that's actually one of the things I really got present to is I love being a makeup artist. I love making people feel great. I love working with teams of people producing an image that looks, you know, that can be seen on magazines, that can be seen on campaigns. And I'm also responsible for contributing to that unattainable, you know, that unattainable sense of beauty. You know, we have our models who are just extraordinary. I've met some of the greatest people on set, but still I'm also always thinking, how am I contributing to a dement, like, you know, a disempowering conversation for, for people? Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said about your sister. And when we go through any type of illness, we're feeling frail. We're feeling uh, anxiety. We're feeling depression. We're, we're feeling all that's going on in our body. And then just for her to have you and the other girl help her out just to feel a little bit better about herself um, really raises your energy level. It raises, it can help you be more positive. And I think that's what you're contributing. I think it's very profound. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That, that is, a, I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do, especially when I work with the ladies with cancer. It's, you know, you're losing eyebrows. It's, it's astounding how much just feeling and, like you're sick. Yeah. Like, care. you know, we're, we're defined by how we look. Yeah. And then if you can help restore that. You give them back their self-confidence and their, and they, they feel more positive. And if you feel more positive, you can be in a positive mindset to fight your illness or, you know, get better. I, I think that's really, really good. Yeah, exactly. It's, 
It's huge. Yeah. And that's also one of the things too. It's, you know, now that I'm out there, you know, having more conversations with people, it's like, do, do what, I mean, look, sometimes I'll spend 30 minutes on just doing a winged liner because I really want to, because that's the look that I want to achieve. But, and I do it now because it makes me feel good. It brings me happiness. And it's not because I think, oh, I'm so much a bit prettier with a wing liner or someone's going to be attracted to me or they're going to like me better, you know, or that I am ugly so that I have to, you know, put on some makeup so that I actually can be better out in the world. Right. Fixing and like, yeah trying to trying to live up to someone else's standards and that was one of the sadder things when I learned you know about like putting on makeup it's like oh well like if your lips are too thin you want to make them fuller if they're too full you want to make them look thinner and it's like well why not just accentuate the features that you have as they are because there's still beauty there and I love what you were saying Kim you know because it's like this is it's the give back you know like yes there's the industry there are the standards gotta eat gotta work And there's nothing wrong with the industry existing. It's just the way that it has us feel about ourselves. Um, I was talking to one of the listeners earlier and they talked about like, um, you know, like being a 10 and like knowing what a 10 is out in the world and like whether or not you have the self-esteem to like go after a 10 or whether or not you have self-esteem being perceived on this like rating scale. So there's so much within the standards and it's it's funny because our society just buys into them so heavily. Totally. It's so funny. I love that you just said that Nika because that's one of the things that I always like I'll say. It's like, if you're a two, be the best two that you can be. And then when you've really mastered that, go, go practice and be a three and then be the best three that you can be. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, that we have to standardize ourselves between on some sort of, you know, made up scale, but really, if that's really that you're, you know, how you're comparing yourself as a way to expand and grow, you know, who you are and what you're up to in the world, then do that. You know, like I know that as, um, you know, like as a makeup artist, I, I might, I'm probably maybe a seven, but you know what? I, I own my seven and I'm always looking to keep growing and to expand my expertise and to just, you know, be the best, you know, seven that I can be until I'm an eight, you know, like if I'm going to judge something like that. And then going back to what you were saying about, you know, where we were talking about makeup, it's like, there's nothing wrong. I really want people to get that there's nothing wrong with wanting plastic surgery. There's nothing wrong with wanting Botox or fillers or overlining your lips because you want them, but do it because it makes you feel good. I know that we talked about that, but really even plastic surgery, do it because it makes you feel good because you want it, you know, and because Uh, it's for you. And I just have something to say, like to the young girls is if you're going to do it, do it for yourself. Don't do it for your partner. Don't do it because of what's on the media and all this other crap. Like just do it for yourself because you feel good. Yeah. Some days I go with no makeup at all. I feel great. And other days I'm like, I'm put a little makeup on and do whatever, you know, it's just like whatever I feel. And I don't want, especially the young girls to feel like they have to live up to the standard that was created 
by the media with all of the plastic surgeries, with all of the filters that are on social media, all of these things. And I, you know, I'll see people on social media with these filters or whatever, and then I'll meet them in person, you know, just a group of girlfriends or whatever. They don't look anything like that. And so I, I just, I just feel like, um, it needs to be a little bit more genuine and authentic and just do it for you. Just do it for yourself. Yeah. Love the skin you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Love the skin you're in. I think that's also one of the things too, that, um, uh, that I'm also known for as a makeup artist is that I love skin to look like skin. I like to just enhance, you know, I'm not one of those people who will do a full contour and highlight, you know, and first of all, and I know I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for this, but when people say, you know, I like a beat face, I would like to take that out of our vernacular. You know, I get that it's a whole thing. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I oh, get that it's what? a whole no, what, culture. What when they say like a beat face, you know, they, it's a lot of makeup. And I know I just probably opened up something that I'm going to be, you know, really regret in the future. Now it is a specifically designed for, you know, for culture, like, you know, for, you know, drag makeup and all that kind of stuff. It's, and I honor it and I respect it. But like when you have kids, like young people, like not using it properly and they're like, oh yeah, I just want to beat, you know, or whatever. Can you beat my face? Like whenever someone asks me that, I'm just like, deep, deep cleansing breaths. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't mean to diminish. I please. And I sincerely apologize if I offend anyone or if anyone gets reacted by that. However, it personally, it's not a term that I would like to continue, especially for the young people. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would like it to be, you know, but anyway, so going back to, I'm not someone who does a whole lot of makeup. I don't like a lot of makeup on myself or on my talent. Got it. Got it. And beat, you're spelling like B-E-A-T, like beaten, like, okay, got it. I, I was thinking like beat red and I'm like, well, that could still, you know, lots of, rouge, <laughs> lots and lots of rouge. I could. <laughs> um, but, but I think that's really fantastic. I think that a lot of young people growing up, like they think that you have to, like makeup has to look a certain way. And like, when I was a kid, I'd like grab my mom's lipstick and I'd literally make myself look like a clown, not knowing that like, it doesn't belong here and there as well as there. Like, no, those are all different components. <laughs> but I was buying into that culture that you're referring to of thinking like, that's what beauty is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why well, why well, I like what Marley was saying because she enhances the natural beauty. Yes. Basically that's what she just said. Yeah. yeah. Now look, like I said, going back to it, like there are nights and days and whatever where I will put every single bit of makeup in my drawer on my face. I'll have three layers of lashes on my hairs. I'll have hair <laughs> extensions and all of that. You know, I will do a little overlight, all of that. But, you know, it's because it's fun. And that's what I'm choosing to do. You know, it's yeah. like every single day where you scratch it and then you have like that. And there's nothing wrong if that's what you choose to do. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying it's not for me, you know, but if that's what you want to do every single day, all day long, do it, do it because you love it. 
because yeah. you love it. Yeah. yeah. And it make, if it makes you feel good, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds so contradictory, but I promise you, it's all just <laughs> no, personal. It's all just personal. It is. <laughs> and it's really about removing the shame from beauty standards and identity and thinking you have to look like something else. So like, you know, pointing back to the conversation about like being a 10 and this rating scale, like I, I want to throw the entire scale system out. It's like, how do you feel inside? Do you feel like a 10? Don't ever let someone else tell you where, where you fall on this arbitrary made up system. And those are the types of conversations that we're having so that people really get that they are loved and that love itself comes from deep within. And when it's coming from within, then it can go out and permeate and touch other people. So we're all beautiful. And yes. like, it's also in how people around us are perceiving us. There are people that I think are beautiful that you might not think are beautiful and so forth and so on. And it's not a one standard conversation. It never has been. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. And beauty comes from within. It's about your spirituality, your soul, your energy, all yeah. of that. And then it just permeates throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's one of the things that I say. So one of my favorite games to play is, you know, I get asked about my age, you know, or people just assume that I'm like in my thirties or something. However, I am proud to be 51 years old, you know, and I love it. It's, you know, one of my favorite things, my mom started me off with, you know, great skincare. When I was 14, she took me to the clinic counter and, you know, set me up. And so I, I started a regimen right away. Thanks mom, if you're listening and, um, <laughs> you know, and I am diligent about my sunscreen, but yes, I have great jeans. I wear my sunscreen, but one of the things I also say to people that I think also keeps me youthful looking is that I love my life. Mm-hmm. You, you love know, yourself. Oh. I love myself. I love yeah. my life. I That's love who I am in the world. You know, I, there's so many things that we can be upset about or disempowered by. And not to say that I don't have tough days or tough moments or months or even years, but you know, you just got to keep, still keep working on it, you yeah. know? So That's yeah. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. You know, thank you for really sharing that. I think about how, you know, the things that contribute to aging, like stress and, and like frowning and being pent up and such. And it's like when we actually allow ourselves to love our lives and relax into just being a part of the process, it makes such, it, it's such a different experience. And the thing is like, it actually literally adds years to your life to not be stressed and like hating it. And I'm, I'm getting like, it adds years to your youth. Like, it, like I'm sitting here aging. I'm like, I, I probably look older than you in my rub away my one wrinkle (laughs) but make sure you're doing it because it brings you joy nika make sure you're doing it because it brings you joy okay (laughs) smile the wrinkle away (laughs) right um but you know this is this is huge one of the things we talked about prior to the conversation is how this affects our mental health and and depression and i think um i think you mentioned uh 30 million people suffer from an eating disorder yes like, yes oh my 30 god 30 million people suffer from like bulimia anorexia binge eating you know and i think we were talking about right like you know the number one addiction is food mm-hmm. yeah so 
like, what is all that? It's also part of that, everything that we see on social media, everything that we see, you know, on the TV shows, you know, it's hot girl hamburger, hot girl steak dinner. <laughs> like it's, it's people's food and the hot chicks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's just, and, uh, you know, thinking consciously about, yes, you want to be healthy, but not to the point where, you know, it's going to make you sick either on the extreme of being too thin or on the other extreme of being, you know, too, you know, too much weight on you. So it's, it's all in a good balance. Yeah, absolutely. And then also feeling good about yourself, no matter what you look like. And, and I'll yeah. be honest, it's a challenge for me too, to think that way for my own self. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love my cellulite. There was something, what was it that you said, Kim? And I don't know if you, someone Can asked I say you. it, Mika? Go for it. <laughs> well, I, ha- I had this really young girl and she uh, asked me if my boobs were real. And I said, yeah. And so is my cellulite. I said, do you want to see both? And <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I just embrace all of it. Yes. And I. And I don't let it limit me. I don't let it stop me from doing what I want to do. It's just, I don't let the media or anybody define who I am or judge me. I don't give a shit. You just have to be yourself, be free, be confident in who you are and just do the little things for yourself. Like with you, with the makeup, Marlo, that's really profound, especially with cancer patients and, and people who are suffering. Cause I think it makes a huge difference and just be positive and move forward. Yeah. 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 And, and just, and take baby steps, do what you can do to improve your health, improve little things. And we don't have to do it all at once. Yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about the industry. Like yes. some really good information that I think is going to be helpful, you know, for all of our listeners out there to pay attention to. So, um, so talk about like, what's, what's in our products. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things too, that I love. And thank you, Nika, that I really started to notice and pay attention to, especially when the pandemic happened. But even before then, I was starting to really notice about What's, what are the ingredients in our personal care products, cosmetics, skincare, all of our body care? You know, one of the things that we have to remember is that our skin is our largest organ and everything that we put on our skin is absorbed into our bodies, into our bloodstreams in about 28 seconds, up to 60% of that product is absorbed into our bodies in about 28 seconds. So that really has you think about what am I putting on my skin? Cause we think, oh, I'll put on some lotion. It's just on my hand. It's just on top, but not thinking about, is it being absorbed into our bodies? Um, and one of the things that I also really started paying attention to and beca- why was um, uh, several years ago, I started to get really sick. My hair started to fall out. Um, I had a lot of pain in my, you know, in my body. My nose got swollen almost twice the size And we discovered that I had infections in my nose and they were looking at what was happening. I ended up finally, after almost a year, um, I had so much pain, I couldn't sit, I couldn't stand. 
I wasn't, my body wasn't producing any natural fluids, like um, no um, natural tears, no saliva. It was hard for me to eat. Um, like even the natural lubricants in my joints. So like even moving in my muscles. And finally, you know, after two surgeries within just a matter of like six weeks on my face, they actually, the surgeon actually, you know, looked at me and he said, we're going to do everything we can, but we're probably going to have to remove your nose and you will be deformed. Oh my gosh. And that was frightening to me. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Dr. Boone for saving my nose. I mean, they took out a good chunk of my nose, but they managed to save it. And, um, and what, and we still didn't know what was happening. And finally it ended up where I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease called sarcoidosis. And thankfully not, well, thankfully, if you're going to say thankfully for how it was, it did, it usually expresses itself in like your lungs and in your lymph nodes. But for me, it's in my skin and it's in like a little bit in my joints. And, um, so it's like, you know, keeping, you know, keeping on top of that. So I was really focusing on what are the foods I was eating? What are the products I'm using around the house? I never once thought about my skincare and my cosmetics. And as I'm touching them, putting them on other people, even as a professional in the industry for about 10 years, I didn't really know so much about how harmful all the ingredients were, you know, that's in our products. And uh, one of the things is my beautiful friend, Charlotte introduced me to a company called Beauty Counter. And they are the leading clean makeup brand, clean personal care product brand out there. They're really setting the standards of beauty, clean beauty, natural, organic, all those labels, they're not regulated in the industry. And so what Beauty Counter is doing is they're actually creating legislation to to federally define the standards of beauty or like, you know, the clean, you know, what clean beauty means. And one of the things I love about them is they actually have a VP of social mission who is a professional bill writer and lobbyist on staff writing bills to create this legislation for the entire country. It's not just about beauty counter. It's not just about clean beauty. It's about the entire $89 billion a year industry causing some real shifts in the world. And the thing is, do you think that some of these major cosmetics brands are going to want to do that? You know, there's parabens, there's phthalates, there's PEGs. These are things that cause, you know, and there's things like formaldehyde, mercury, arsenic, asbestos, that's still legal in our products today. And uh, there's nothing that we can, you know, there's right now, there's no federal, federal regulations about it. The last major regulation law that was made in the United States was in 1938. Wow. 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 And don't you think some things have changed in about 80 something years? Maybe. <laughs> right. And I mean, I think about big industry and they don't have a call to regulate until there's a lawsuit involved. So but what even I mean, then, yeah, and even then, I mean, it may or may not happen. They may or may not. They might recall a bunch of products and sh- hush it. Um, but I'm hearing that companies out here who are actually letting you know what's in their products, how they operate, they're self-regulating, and that's one of those like really powerful things that 
we it's easy to not pay attention to. Yeah. Um, it's also great. We we did a talk on sex toys a couple of weeks ago, and that's also an unregulated unreg- industry. So I was like, oh yeah, phthalates. That that's in some of the sex toys. I had no idea that was also in makeup. Um, that just totally blows my mind. Um, I know for myself, like my my only test when it comes to makeup is does it burn or not like that's how I'm checking <laughs> to make sure it's safe for my body <laughs> yeah but you would never know and you would never know that you know there's ingredients in our products that cause cancer infertility hormone well endocrine hormone disruption you know um just autoimmune disease you know and allergy not to mention allergies and sensitivities and uh, um, one of the things in Europe, they ban, like they ban, you know, in Europe, in the countries, four, about 1400 ingredients. In Canada, there's about 800. How many do you think they ban here in the United States? Zero. Well, a little bit more than zero, about 30. <laughs> no. about, yeah, about 30. Yeah. You know, that really says something. And thankfully, you know, one of, so recently um, in California two like over nine bills have passed with the support of Beauty Counter, which I'm just so grateful about that company, you know, about that company, they look at everything, but really it's like, they look at the packaging because even if your, your product itself is clean with non-toxic ingredients, are you also paying attention to your packaging? Because if you're putting it in a packaging that's not BPA free, or something like that, if it's not glass, if it's, you know, or whatever, then it's actually leaching those toxic ingredients into that clean product, which you're then transferring onto your skin. And let's just say you have something that's really toxic that you're putting on your skin for anti-aging, which by the way, I used to make this joke where I, I would say, I'll put battery acid on my face if it'll make me look younger. You know, (laughs) this is a joke. Yes, I know. It's terrible, terrible joke, but you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, so women, they'll do this. And, you know, but if you're going to put that on your face and your skin, imagine if your little child or someone comes up and gives you a kiss on your cheek, you're now transferring it from then. If you're putting on lotion that's toxic and your child is breastfeeding, they're now ingesting that toxic, you know, product into their own bloodstream. So there's some things that you really want to think about. And what I love about Beauty Counter is they, you know, all of their product, they're moving all of their product to like, you know, glass also refillable, recyclable, reusable. And it's, and they're even looking at the little, you know, the safety seal with the glue on it. They made sure that that glue that's covering that safety seal is also non-toxic. Who does that? Who does it? And they're fully transparent, you know? So that's the kind of standard that they're setting, not just for themselves, but for the entire beauty industry. That's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't believe, I mean, you mentioned this earlier that um, that everything that goes on the skin is absorbed in 28 seconds. And like, that's an incredibly fast rate of absorption. Yeah. I can't imagine like, I, like, like looking back at the history of all the things I've ever put on my skin and even in my body, um, how many chemicals, uh, the silicones, the parabens, um, everything just kind of like getting, getting leached in. And I'm someone who's had weight loss surgery. So like, you know, talking about like doing things because they make you feel better or not. Like I totally did it because I was supposed to, because you're supposed to be thin. You're supposed to look a certain way. And it took years after that happened to get that that's not at all 
what's supposed to happen. Like I'm supposed to be happy in my body. And so I think about like not only stuff that's going on the skin, but the stuff that's inside of my body now leaching deeper into my bloodstream and where that comes out at. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it's shocking. It's shocking to get this info. And I appreciate you sharing this with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the mindset that we're out to shift. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, this is, this is going to be a decades long conversation. Even after I've completed my life here on earth, it'll still be ongoing because it's not just about switching the products. You know, that's one thing, but it's also shifting how we raise our young people. It's how we talk to ourselves. How do we talk to our friends? Like when our friend says, do I look good like this? Does my butt look good? Or, you know, do I look fat? You know, it's like, how are we speaking to each other? How are we empowering each other to speak about ourselves? You know, it's, it's going to take all of us having that conversation about I'm yeah. beautiful, you're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? We all come in different shapes and sizes. Get over it. <laughs> it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, it's supposed to be that way. Yes. Um, you, you shared something with me earlier around parabens and estrogen, and that blew my mind. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So one of the things, you know, well, first of all, if you think about how many products does the average woman use in a day or does the average person, well, I would say woman, really, how many do you think that you use in the day from the time you wake up in the morning? Eight. Eight. Kim? Four. Four. Yeah. The average woman <laughs> uses about 12 products a oh. day, 12 personal care products a day. You think about face wash, body wash, lotion, moisturizer, sunscreen, hand wash as you're washing your hair, shampoo, conditioner, lip balm. Okay. I'm at about 10. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So you have to think about like, you know, what's in there. So now one of the, my things like, you know, especially after I get to speak with people is that they start to think about, and they start to look at their ingredients. So, you know, if any of you are out there in your shower tomorrow morning, taking a look at, you know, with like a little sudsy in your eye, looking at like, what's in the ingredients. Some of the things you really want to look for are parabens. Now, one of the things that makes parabens, you know, really not great is that it mimics the hormone estrogen. And as we know, an excess of estrogen can cause cancer, breast cancer in women, as well as men. If your shaving cream, your lotion has, has parabens in it and it mimics estrogen, what do you think is happening in your body? Mm -hmm. And Marlene, oh. can, can you touch on, um, like when we have products that are old and what happens to them? Because I was fascinated with that. Yeah. So one of the things you want to know is like, you know, products don't last forever, even if they've never been opened. And especially if the kind of packaging they're in is also going to leach some toxic ingredients into that product. Now imagine you have something that's expired, you know, maybe however many years expired, and then it's now broken down. It's now absorbed whatever is in that container that it's been in. And it's now kind of shifted and transformed its original whatever. And then you put it onto your body just you don't know what kind of harm that's going to do your body because 
it could have transformed into something super toxic that is just going to make you sick. I actually have, um, I know someone recently who was telling me about this product that they had had, but it might've been about 10, 10 years old, but it was brand new. They put it on their face and their face blew up. Like just, you almost couldn't like even open their eyes. They couldn't even open their eyes. They were so swollen. And it's, it's that kind of stuff you want to make sure. So if you have any expired products or anything that's been left out in the sun or just smells a little funny, maybe looks, you know, just, just get rid of it. Your health is just not worth that saving that money. Really just get rid of it. Oh God. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up saving money. Cause one of the things, one of the things that I've done and I've seen a lot of people do is like buying the cheapest item possible and like, like buying things, makeup at the dollar store, body products, cosmetics. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with these industries existing, but knowing how they're regulated versus not regulated in those spaces is critically important. Um, I, I know for myself, I'm always like, I don't, I'm going to squeeze this until the last drop and I, I want to get an <laughs> ounce out of it. And I've it, cut my jars, you know, I've cut my little squeeze, you know, my little yep. whatever <laughs> things, containers. I, yeah. To get the yes. last little bit in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I love that you said, like, it's not worth it. You know, like things go bad. Um, I think you mentioned on um, one of our other conversations, like, uh, was it salmonella in your body lotion? And I'm like, I had no idea that could happen. And I recall having lotions. I'm like, why does it smell sour? Like, yeah. what is that? So well, that's, yeah, that's one of the things too, you, we want to know is that while the FDA, you know, regulates a little bit of the industry on our personal care products, Let's just say, now I'm not saying that anyone's done this or anything, but if your product um, is somehow tainted with salmonella, let's just say your body wash that the entire family uses from, you know, from the adult to the baby, right? That everyone uses and it's tainted with salmonella. The FDA is not required by law to do anything about it. They don't have to notify people. They don't have to recall it off the shelves. They don't have to make the manufacturer, you know, notify people, whatever. They can make suggestions, but they don't have to do anything about it. You can continue using this tainted, toxic, you know, product for your whole family, and you may never even know about it. And that's why it's so important to regulate the industry to, you know, to, have some accountability for, you know, what we're doing to our people, just because you want to save a little bit of money. Now I, I'm, I want to save a little bit of money. I don't want people to go broke, you know, just because they want to feel and look good and feel beautiful, but I want all of us to really be agents for change as it relates to our health and well-being through beauty. It really is so important you know, because, and here's one of the things too, you know, I'd love to share it somehow is if you text better beauty to five, two, eight, eight, six, you will actually send a message to, um, like, I think it's Senator, um, maybe find Senator Feinstein's office, you know, where it actually, you can use your voice for change. Let them know, text better beauty to five, two, eight, eight, six, and it'll actually support, you know, you can, Give your voice to supporting bills like the Toxic Free Chemicals Act, 
you know, like shifting like the safer fragrance bill. There's so many, the one that actually, you know, um, prevents and bans oxybenzones from being in our sun scare, um, sun protection products that were actually killing the reefs. So there's lots of things that as simple as sending a text message, you can actually be an agent for change for, for beauty. Nice. I love that. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up our show? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, one of the great things that I love is that um, uh, I really, I have really great partners in the world. You know, I really wanted to send a special shout out to Lenovo. They reached out to me. They, Lenovo, the computer company, they're so extraordinary, especially my partner at Lenovo Holland. Um, they, they reached out to me and they just said, you know, we recognize that you're someone who empowers others through your art and makeup and we would love to partner with you. And so thank you, Lenovo. Thank you, thank you, thank you for you know, sharing my message of empowering beauty from the inside out and having it just be available to everyone, you know, as many people as I can reach. And, but, and really, Nika, thank you. Thank you for just inviting me to have this conversation and to just really always being someone who I look up to and I admire just who you are in the world is extraordinary. And I'm just really just so grateful for, you know, your friendship. And I just thank you so much, you know, and I'll also plug myself. If anyone wants to reach out to me, reach out to me at marlusoria.com and at marlusoria. <laughs> I've never had to do that before. That's so weird. <laughs> that was <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I love that. And I'm, I'm incredibly touched. You are incredible. I love your work. I'm so grateful that we got to have you on the episode today to really talk about this. Um, and thank you, everyone out there who is listening. Um, do uh, just go over a few announcements uh, before we wrap up. So uh, thank you for joining us today and please contribute to the ITCAST on our GoFundMe page under support the ITCAST. You can also find more about our work on Patreon and as Nika Shirelles and at nikasharels.com. That's N-I-K-A-C-H-E-R-R-E-L-L-E-S.com. Uh, and do not forget, you can buy a Nikita sex toy to help support all the mission and the cause of what we're doing. Uh, the Nikita sex toy designed for adventure, play, and social change. Learn more at triggerhappytoy.com. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Enjoy the night. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Good show.